We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Presented by Under Armour and Sleeper Fantasy and Game Time. Welcome to Light Years. <laughs> We're recording this Sunday morning, 10 a.m. after the Warriors back to back during an atmospheric river. Apparently, I went outside this morning. It was coming Ooh. down pretty hard. We'll Ooh. see. We'll see how bad it gets. But we're gonna plug plug through it. Hopefully, our connection doesn't break. Um, you know, I, I got a little FOMO. We didn't pod after Friday night's game, uh, and then Saturday night's game happened, and. I got less FOMO that I didn't buy after Friday's game. And you know what? Just a perfect Warriors weekend. This These two games sum up who this team is to a T, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know where you're at, but it's like Memphis, Kuminga looks like a rising superstar, just a nice win against, quite frankly, a terrible tanking team. Saturday night, Steph goes for 60 and a loss a loss that showed every one of their weaknesses. Draymond looked tired having to guard bigger yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, Wiggins, subpar, and then he just got hurt. Uh, Clay washed. I mean, I I, I texted you. He reminds me of, like, those uh, star Giants pitchers after they lost it. I used Mad Bum as an example, but it's just, like, still thinks he can take the same shots he can. He's just getting torched someone's hitting a fastball 800 miles the other way uh they can't guard anyone without fouling and yeah sounds like they're a 500 team which is pretty much what they are that's been the uh it's been the season it was last season uh before that it was the season before that um really the championship season if you throw that out the window um it's been this warriors team for a while now but uh i wanted to get excited going into last night's game samuel because uh because Kaminga looks so great. And of course, of course, we go into last night's game and Kaminga doesn't look as great. Uh, teams are starting to make adjustments to how he plays. The other guys around him are just pretty rough. Uh, and then obviously we get the, the Steph stuff. So it's uh, I want to be excited for this team. I feel like Steph wants to be excited about this team. He gets so happy. You see him where well, he gets so happy when guys like like Paz makes a play, Kaminga makes a play, Clay gets a little hot or whatever. Like you can see how excited Steph gets. And they just cannot string together consistent efforts across two games, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like not even across five games or two and three now. And you would say like this five game stretch, they've looked a lot better than, than the last month, two months, but it doesn't matter. They're two and three across three the last and, five games. Three and three since coming back from uh, three and three from that, like uh 10 day layoff. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could argue, you could argue they should be five and one, but then you could argue they could be one and five. There's no, you can argue both ways. There's no, there's no, hey, five and one for sure. And that's the story of the season, right? Is that they've lost so many games that they shouldn't have. But at the same time, should, shouldn't they have lost, just lost those games? Maybe they just deserve to lose those games. And that's where the Warriors are at right now. The chat saying Matt Kane. Uh, I was thinking Bumgarner, someone saying Lincecum. And I think it kind of applies to all three. Ah, it doesn't really, okay. it doesn't really. Matter. No, Matt, Matt Bum's a good one because Matt Bum was still good. Kane and yeah, yeah and, and personality. Kane and Linscombe, mm -hmm. like they were bad, legitimately just not yeah, the last you know, just the bad. last year will be left off of the uh the tribute video. Put it that yeah, way. For those for those two guys, they were they were rough. But the, okay, you you bring up the attitude. I mean that that's kind of it right there. Is 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 uh he thinks he can Bum will it. Of, he yeah. it's 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 so similar where like uh there's a lot of pride based on what he's done. Um Every now and then we get comments asking why we go so soft on clay. Uh, and <laughs> if you can't understand, given his history for the team, uh, I can't help you. But like, man, when someone has a 20, was it 28 months, 28 months, he didn't play basketball, might've been closer to 30 months when he, I mean, obviously the pandemic factored into that, but just the sheer layoff in there. Um, it's not surprising. He's looking this way in many ways, but it, it is, a reality the team has to deal with. I just kind of look at it as his contract's up at the end of the year. He's not getting the contract he wants, and not from the Warriors, not from any other team. You I know. just don't think it's out there. I think he's going to have to figure out if he's okay taking a smaller role going forward or not. Yeah. But I don't think he really limits the Warriors' flexibility at this point. They could either trade him right now, but I don't think they're getting anything for him. But end of the day, his contract's over at the end of the year anyway. So it's it's kind of one of those things where the end is in sight. He's either going to come back on a smaller contract and probably a smaller role. His role keeps That's diminishing. He didn't That's close. He didn't close Friday against Memphis. Pods did because they were playing better with that lineup. He yeah. did close versus Atlanta. Who knows if he would have closed if Wiggins uh, didn't get hurt and Kuminga didn't foul out. But like at a certain point, it's like, yeah, Steve, um, obviously you got to play clay over like Guy Santos, you know, like that sort of thing. Uh -huh. Um, so it's like unclear, like Steve's like slowly moving away from closing with him anyway. Yeah, yeah. At least if he, if it's a night, he doesn't have it. You're not going to do it. I, I think um, that's the one right there. The smaller role is, is the one. And, uh, it's, it's not about, cause I feel like there's two sides. There's the side that, that wants to, you know, Clay's still shooting on volume. Well, compared to the rest of the league, he's still mm -hmm. in winning lineups He's still a threat on the ball. Guys still have to guard him up to his face. And then it's like, you got to close with that guy. no more. And then there's the other side where it's like, well, you got to trade him. You got to cut him. And I, I don't know, Sam, for once, I'm usually one side or the other. For once, I'm kind of sitting here and saying, well, if he just if he just takes a role where he plays 20 minutes off the bench, is that just not better for everyone involved? Is that not just the move that helps everyone? And maybe if he gets hot one night, he closes. But more often than not, I think we're getting what we see on Friday night against the Grizzlies is that he's just not good enough to close anymore. 
if you've got guys that are good enough, which Wiggins defensively, I think is still good. He was very good on Trey Young last night in the first half before he, he sat out and yeah. didn't make a shot, but defensively still there. Kaminga's I think good enough now to consistently close. And then, and then pods, or you could throw GP two when he's healthy out there should be closing. So I think that's the one, right? Does he come back on like a three year, $20 million per year contract? That's- it's high. Which, that's too high. <laughs> that, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Like that, like maybe that's the contract that he signs coming back. And that contract tells you, yeah, he's probably not going to be closing every game, right? That contract is very much a, yeah, some nights he's going to start. Some nights he's not. Some nights he comes off the bench, right? Some night, most nights he's not closing that type of contract. Cause right now, um, and, and I think most of this season, They've been just dancing around the clay question. And that's not why they they've sucked this year, but it's a big reason why they just have no consistency. They have just have no identity, right? The, the identity is just is like, what is the identity for this team? It's so much of, well, he's just gonna go out there, he's just gonna take a bunch of terrible shots no matter what happens, and then he's just pissed off because he doesn't get the close. I mean, it's just it's hard. And he's pissed off because he's not making the shots he used to make, too. Like that's the that's the part where it's like you know, you could adapt, but he's used to being able to hit a shot with a hand in his face while drifting. And he can't do that anymore, at least not with any form of consistency. Like he used to be able to score 20 taking horrendous shots because he was that good of a shot maker, period. You know, now he needs good looks. Otherwise, he's going to be missing left and right because he can't get the separation he used to get. And that's just I think that's just life. I think that's just he's a little slower. How much of it do you put on the coaching staff? That's the other part of the clay question I have for you, Andy, is how much can we, it's a little more nuanced than just benching him, but like at a certain point, shouldn't the coaches have the hard conversation with him? Well, I I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if I can expect that a guy who's been through the wars with Clay is going to have that conversation. It almost feels like you need to bring in a new voice to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of the just kind of that simple sometimes? Like on the other side, I think people are going to say, well, Steve Kerr's the guy to have that conversation because Steve Kerr's the guy that Clay will probably listen to. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not like it's not, let's say they hire a name, name a dude, name a dude that's like a young dude that can come in and it's a smart coach, whatever. Like uh, who's oh, the Utah? First- Will Hardy. Yeah. Will Hardy. Let's say they bring in Will Hardy for some reason. Will Hardy's not going anywhere. Let's say they bring in Will Hardy and he comes in, a guy who's like the same age as Clay next season. And, and yeah. Will Hardy's a guy that tells Clay, like, all right, you're coming off the bench. Clay's gonna tell Will Hardy to fuck off, right? So like there's no there's no chance that he listens to him. So I almost think Steve Kerr is should be that guy to do it, but then at the same time, he doesn't have he he doesn't have the ability to do it because he feels so bad for him, probably. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like an impossible situation. Who's going to be the guy to do that? I don't know. And then we get to the bigger overall Warriors issue, which is we we almost buried the lead. 60 and a loss. They shouldn't lose Steph Curry 60-point games, period. (laughs) You know? Uh, And it was kind of the perfect summation of their issues. I'm putting the box score up here just so we can see it. Like, when I look at the Warriors issues, it's this simple to me. They don't have their only big man is Draymond Green. So if he's in any way tired, they're going to get beasted inside. Like it, Looney is just unplayable at this stage. So that's you're down one thing right there. Like they could use, even if it was a Clint Capella, who by the way ate them alive last night. But Clint Capella, I think you'd agree with me. He's kind of like 
I don't want to say dime a dozen, but he's like a rotation player. He's not a particularly amazing player at this stage of his career, right? Like he rebounds, he'll block some shots, he'll finish, but he's not a, you know, he's not a star, you know? Um, Clay, we've already talked about, but even Andrew Wiggins, who's been playing better as of late, is still not nearly consistent enough to be that second or third option that this team needs. Uh, And the issue is Clay and Wiggins, to me, they both can play roles on winning teams. They cannot play the role that the Warriors need them to play on a winning team. Yeah, Wiggins plays defense. He also he can't shoot the ball anymore. I don't know what's up with that. He he doesn't really provide much on offense for them. All this is to say, like, I think Wiggins and to a degree Clay can be useful in scaled down roles, but you're asking them to do too much. And then the two players who are potentially playing better than Wiggins and Clay, Pods and Kuminga, are 21. Pods turns 21 at the end of this month. Kuminga is 21 right now. Is it really realistic to expect Steph to roll into the playoffs with two kids who are 21 years old as his most reliable offensive threats yeah, around tough. him? Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm like, they keep saying everything's on the table, but at the same time, interest is tepid at best in DeJounte Murray. DeJounte be your clear number, two, your second best player right now if you had him for example oh we don't want that guy oh we don't want this guy and i'm just sitting here i'm going okay you're gonna end the season maybe in the play-in and then you're gonna get bounced uh and you're gonna waste another amazing season from a hall of famer uh and i don't really know what the point of any of that is like at a certain point i would like to keep clay wiggins uh, looney these are all like veteran players who can help you, but none of them should be untouchable. I would like to keep pods also maybe shouldn't be untouchable at times. I understand why Kuminga's viewed as untouchable, sure. but the, they have to start looking at, they don't have the horses on the roster. Uh, and it's really just Steph save us mode, which is going to carry you to like the eight seed at best. But without Steph, what are they? They're they're probably worse than the Spurs. Oh my God! Without, I mean, yeah. What are we What are we doing here without? I mean, that's we saw that the year where they had D'Angelo Russell, right? Where where they were just like a, a they got the number two pick. I, I think you. I think the Dejounte Murray stuff. Let's talk about that. When you say tepid at best, that was that was in Slater's article. Um, that was the Warriors. I mean, whoever he heard that from, I'm sure that was somewhere in the Warriors front office saying yeah. the uh, interest in Dejounte Murray was tepid at best. Um, Dejounte Murray, who's the number one player on the, uh, the the trade deadline big board for the Athletic, which I think speaks to the this trade deadline's quality. But Sam, have you seen the Knicks with OG Ananobi? Have you watched them? I know they're one of your favorite teams right now. Have you yeah. watched them with OG Ananobi? How good is that defense right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm believing they could run through the East with Jalen Brunson as their number one. It sounds insane, but they just look. I don't know, just going off the eye test, if I knew none of the players by reputation, they're playing the best basketball of anyone in the East right now. Yeah. And yep. I don't think I'd it's agree. close. I'd agree. They're, they're yeah. certainly, they're, they look better than the Bucks, who I think everyone had as the number one team in the East. They and look the better I'm, than the Celtics, who, oh uh, boy, just, you know, talent <laughs> through the roof, but just so untrustworthy in big games. The, the, the Celtics, we got to do like 10 minutes on the Celtics at some point. They're, they're kind of, they're just kind of embarrassing. So the point I'm making with, with the OG stuff is, I think a lot of people, and I think the Warriors front office are probably saying, you know, one player isn't going to fix this. That's probably the way they're saying, quote unquote, tepid at best, which I would argue, I don't know. Does one player just fix this? Does getting DeJounte Murray, does getting OG Ananobi, OG Ananobi essentially fixes that defense, that, that Knicks defense, which is already solid, but he makes them a top five defense. 
and they make him a real contender. I'm saying DeJounte Murray makes fixes He the- makes it so that Josh Hart doesn't have to guard the best player anymore. Josh Hart guarding your second best player Boom. is a monster, you know? Now, like to your point, yeah, one player can snowball an effect, right? Right. Doesn't it make life easier for Wiggins? It makes mm-hmm. life easier for Kaminga. Certainly makes life easier. Definitely for Clay. Yeah. And definitely Steph. You're just talking about a team that that all of a sudden just has the guys to defend the Trey Young, or at least makes it easier to defend Trey Young as long as he's not grifting all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, sometimes that's just what makes it easier. I, I think the Warriors sometimes feel like they need, we need, unless we get Lowry marketing. You know, Ari Markkinen is going to fix this team. It's like, well, can you just get guys that makes your team doesn't better and, and gives you a chance against some of these players? Anybody. Doesn't it feel like the the Kevin Durant trade has them making good the enemy of great? They got Kevin Durant, all-time move. Everyone would do that. Now, you know, like getting a DeJounte Murray is like too low. No, no, we need to do bigger. Otherwise, there's no point to make the move. You know, it feels like that's the attitude a lot of the time where it's where they make good the enemy of great. Whereas to your point, you know, when I saw the Knicks are acquiring OG, I'm like, okay, it's not, he, he makes them better, but he doesn't make them the best team in the league or anything. But what has he done? He's kind of ignited a chain effect down the roster and they're playing amazing basketball. Uh, too much like... Too much good is the enemy of great with the Warriors. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless yeah. unless they're getting Joel Embiid um, or Giannis Antetokounmpo, which by the way, those guys aren't going anywhere. Unless they're exactly. getting those guys, they're not making a trade. It's like you're holding on to those first round picks. I mean, if you're going to tell me you're holding on to those picks because you think this team just isn't going anywhere and you just want to make sure the future is set, then oh, then go trade everyone. Then right, like right now, it's just that holding pattern where where they're. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we're five days. We're only five days. We haven't even done a countdown in the last week. We're only five days from the trade deadline. It doesn't seem like anything's going to happen with this team. And that, that's kind of the sad part is um, they're, they're not willing to kind of push their chips semi-all in. Certainly not willing to fold. So, man, that in-between is tough because we're watching the same game. I mean, I re-watched the game Saturday night, and we've watched that game a million times. It's just that well, Steph dropped 60, which good for Steph, but – not much, not much, uh, not much you can do uh, beyond that. This light years podcast this week, we are brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Uh, see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Browse through the Game Time app. Go find whatever events. I know Elenium was at SoFi Stadium last night. Shout out LA. Um, got the trilogy set. Got all three of them. So here's what you can do, right? Here's what you can do. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy your tickets to that event. Game time. Fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. You got your killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, they're also obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. They got deals on tickets right up to the start of event, start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Lightyears for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L I G H T Y E A R S for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. And we are brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy. Sleeper Fantasy, we're back. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy basketball? We are. Tonight, 
you can take. Last night, you can take. Steph Curry, easy over on your points, rebounds, assists. Uh, Steph's been on a tear. I mean, I think that's the guy you go with. Uh, you can definitely go with the unders on Klay Thompson. Uh, big point of discussion. You don't just have to bet overs on points, rebounds, assists. You can go unders. Pods is getting a bunch of run lately. Go overs on him. So you think you know basketball, then try to turn your basketball knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app, the ultimate, the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. Just download the Sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite players with more stats than any other daily fantasy app. Just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. Pick more or less from the predicted stats. You can win up to 100 times your money if your picks win. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms are used for details. Currently operational in over 25 states. Check out Sleeper today. Awesome. Um, I want to talk Kuminga a minute. I Honestly, this would have been our lead segment, but uh, you know, Saturday night went the way it did. I don't know if you saw this. But Jonathan Kuminga is in the top 10 uh, in terms of efficiency for the month of January. He's averaging over 20 points per game in the month of January. Actually, his 20-point-per-game streak snapped on Saturday night, fouling out. with. By the way, did you see that last foul call, the Trey Young one? Just ridiculous, right? Just not basketball. Not basketball at all. Um, Jesus. <laughs> that's a I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a we'll, we'll do Kaminga and then I don't want to hijack the Kaminga stuff, but that's well, embarrassing. I, I talking about the refs is just you and I agreeing that they, they're not yeah. playing basketball, but anyway, um, Kaminga is playing out of his mind right now. I have some other numbers I want to share real quick because I have access to the old synergy. Did you know for players who've had over 30 isolation plays, Kaminga ranks seventh. In the NBA in efficiency. By the way, friend of the show, DeJounte Murray's eighth. Uh, it's always tricky how they define isolation versus like a dribble handoff versus other stuff. But I think all these metrics tend to point out the same thing, which is when Kuminga gets going downhill, now that he's playing with confidence and things have slowed down a little for him, unstoppable. I, I just don't know any other way. Transition is the most obvious opportunity. Like if he gets a ball in transition, it's a dunk. It's like, it's like, it's pretty close to like LeBron going downhill in transition at times, you know, <laughs> which is like strength, athleticism, agility. Um, but more than that, he's figured out how to use it more in the half court. They're, they've done some uh, inverted ball screens, getting Clay Thompson setting screens for him. Shocker guys. He still helps in some ways, obviously getting him to run some pick and roll with Steph. Um, and he really has been kind of the lone bright spot for this team in general. And if anything, his emergence is why I think they should go more all in because he looks like he could be that future bridge piece. He's just 21 and you're asking a 21 year old to be Steph's number two, which is just a little unfair to him at this stage of his career. Right. Yeah. Uh, but just playing phenomenal basketball and, I think you and I kind of like rolled our eyes when they weren't willing to trade him for Siakam a little bit, but also I could see the logic if they think they can acquire another player who can help them while keeping Kuminga. I just haven't seen them do it to this point. Yeah, they're. Uh, I think they're missing. Well, they're they're missing players around Kuminga that can help him. Because. Mm -hmm. uh, when when they can put together a game plan or or the players can play good enough so that they can elevate Kaminga, they can put him in the right spots offensively, they can help him out defensively. Cause 
you know, even 21-year-old LeBron struggled in certain aspects of the game. And the Warriors right now struggle with Kaminga where it's really hard to have Kaminga be the number two scorer and then guard Trey Young. It's just really hard. He's, I mean, there's no player in the NBA that can do that well. Um, and so I watched this and you're saying he's making a leap. He looks like someone that can get to the rim at will. And then on the other side, you're also asking him now all of a sudden, Sam, you're asking a kid who wasn't on the court this season for the majority of the season because Steve Kerr, for some reason, didn't want to play him. All of a sudden, he's the guy that has to score 20 points a game and guard the best player on the other side. Like, that, stuff, that stuff, it doesn't really make sense from a roster construction standpoint mm-hmm. and a coaching standpoint. None of that makes sense. But again, it doesn't take away from the fact that he does look like someone that, you know, uh, I think the Jimmy Butler comp makes a lot of sense. But he gets to the hole a lot easier. Jimmy Butler has yeah, a lot of finesse just- to his game. Has a lot of finesse that I think people don't better, really realize. Better athlete. But yeah. yeah. Right, he's just so big. He had this one play against Memphis where he drives in, or maybe it was the Sixers, where he drives in and he doesn't even lower a shoulder. He doesn't. He just he just kind of puts his head down for a split second. And I think it was Daniel House went flying backwards like 10 feet. And then he just goes in and dunks the ball. Um, the handle's gotten better. I think you and I always talk about the handle. His mm-hmm. handle's gotten a lot better. Uh, where he doesn't he doesn't just dribble off his foot or get it picked as much as he used to. I mean, way more decisive in general. Might he just have this he's got a better handle than Wiggins. He certainly got a better handle than Clay. In the starting lineup, does he have the second best handle? I mean, you could put Draymond in there. Draymond, Draymond's handle is kind of more functional than it is than it is like getting to the hole or anything, but <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I mean, so the improvements I mean, are there. It, it, it's, at this stage, he's the he's the second best scorer in the starting five. I don't I don't know that that's debatable. And he does it with his handle getting downhill, whereas like, you know, someone like Clay or Wiggins, it's more uh, operating off of screens, whether it's cutting or shooting. So, so yeah, I I mean, I'd agree with you there. Um, I think his emergence brings up a couple interesting things for the Warriors though. Mm -hmm. One, if you believe in him and I do, and I have the whole way, you should feel a little more comfortable trading a future pick for someone who can help you now, assuming the player you're trading for to help you now is under the age of 30. So they're like a two to five year player, like a three to five year player for you. Right. Uh, the second thing is when you're considering him, it makes it, and you think he's really going to be that 20 point per game scorer to play off of Steph, which, uh, he, he potentially can be, and he has been, um, I look at two areas as the biggest areas of need for this team. One is additional playmaking. They're playing pods probably more than they want to at this stage just because sure. he's the best. They, I mean, he's phenomenal for a rookie, but he's also a rookie. I, I I think in a perfect world, he's your third guard off the bench at this stage of his career, right? Uh, and then the second one, which is the obvious one that everyone has talked about, is like another front court player, probably a center, who can help them defensively so you're not asking – Kuminga to be Andre Iguodala on the defensive end while also carrying yeah. a 20 plus point scoring load. Maybe he can do that one day, but just like if you're looking at ways to help this team, it's like add another playmaker oh. to scale down Clay and Wiggins and Pod's role and add a big so Draymond doesn't have to 
box yes. on seven footers 40 point 40 minutes a game you people know? Are, i just i hate doing this but it's just like people are asking me like oh why do they need a big when draymond's their best lineup at the five are you gonna play that 48 minutes a game every game is that is that what you're gonna do if not then why the hell is chase Ashton davis playing five minutes a game in a game where you're getting destroyed on the boys what, what, what is going on it just doesn't make any sense even Kawhi leonard Sam, even Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard that won finals MVP had more help, right? Even he, the guy that was guarding oh. LeBron, even he had Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, obviously Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan, obviously Tim Duncan, right? Boris Dio. Uh, and just guys that were just still very good. Right now you're asking Kaminga to be better than that version of Kawhi Leonard, which is unfair to him after you just didn't play him. So that's the stuff that annoys me. I know this is supposed to be like a great Kaminga segment. I think I, mm-hmm. I, last night I texted you before the game, I was like, Man, I'm excited to watch this game. In my case, I was rewatching it. I'm excited for this because it just doesn't feel like the Warriors have had that that type of energy outside of Steph for years right. now. Outside, like 2022, they were great, but they didn't have anyone that gives you that. It's always fun to get like a prospect, which is kind of what I've been asking the Giants. Do you have a prospect that gives fans energy? Right. And the Warriors, it feels like they finally have one where they have a 21-year-old and they have two pods. We haven't even mm-hmm. talked about pods today um, that just look like they're going to be really good players for a long time. Both they can kids. help. Yeah, they can help you now, and they can help you in the future. Um, so they you know, favorite. like if we're if we're being honest about it, the ones who failed the Warriors have been the 28 year olds, and then of course uh, Clay as well. But Clay's is a little more predictable given the injuries yeah, and yeah. The age. Yeah. But like you know, Wiggins was Wiggins and Looney were supposed to be your everyday players, and they haven't been all year there's just no other way around it you know Wiggins has come into his own but that doesn't change the fact that for 35 out of 47 games he's been pretty boys cost him at least 10 yeah. probably like five wins just being and that, terrible and then Looney I mean I don't he's I don't even know if he's gonna be in the NBA in two years at the pace he's going but like those are guys who are 27 28 they were supposed to be the everyday players you know like not that Wiggins was going to average 25 points every day it was that you're expecting 2022 Wiggins defense and like consistent 15 to 18 to 20 points a game and that just hasn't been the case you know so I don't, I don't, I don't know moving forward what they're going to end up doing, but at least they've got, they've got something that uh, they've tried to build. (laughs) At least they've got something they've tried to build for years now, four years since James Wiseman was drafted. I think Mm -hmm. they've been looking for guys that can play five years from now on this team and be very good. And, uh, and, you know, that Kaminga looks like he's there and uh, pods. We'll get to pods. We'll get to pods. We are brought to you by. Under Armour by Curry Brand. Steph Curry makes you believe you can do anything, and the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate balance, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up, showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite player. Rep his shoes on off the court. Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet. Locked in no matter what you do on the court, stopping your tracks with dual density, UA flow, cushioning, and traction, an emergency break you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of a sneaker career, pulling color boy inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing. Change the game. Curry 11 Future Curry. Available now at currybrand.com. Let's talk a little pods, and then we'll, we'll take some goon calls if you want to call in. 
Um, I think we can both uh, admit, and I liked pods at, in college, and I liked the draft pick. I know you were less familiar with him. At no point did I think he could be a positive rotation player as a rookie. Just Warriors history. He's young. There's a bunch of more established players in his position. Halfway through the season, I'm, I don't know that I ever need to see Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey again, you know? Um, and that's like the biggest compliment I could pay to pods where it's like, I feel comfortable with him being that second ball handler, running second units and just kind of filling the gaps there in general. And I think we're, we're arguing about it, but it's just like, if he's this good as a 20 year old, how, how good can he really be? You know? Well, I think the, uh, I think the questions about him, are easily answered by saying, "Well, he's a rookie. <laughs> well, he's a yeah. rookie on a well, he's a rookie on a team that kind of needs him, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like it's not like he's just filling in 15 minutes on a team that's on pace for 58 wins. Like, he's playing on a team that needs Pajemski to be a winning player, a plus player, and he's doing more than I think anybody could have ever imagined. Okay, so Maybe can he not defend Trey Young? Yeah, nobody can defend Trey Young in the NBA. He averages almost 30 points a game. Is he not an elite scorer? Maybe he's not as great of a of a of a of a get to the hole and get your own shot type of guy. Does anybody on this team do that? If he did that, he'd be a top two pick in the NBA. So I guess my 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 thing to the people that may not believe in Pajemski as much, and I was one of those guys coming in, is that whatever it is that you think about him. He's been one of the best rookies in the entire league. He's been at least a top five rookie in the entire yeah. league. And it's not like he's a 24-year-old guy coming in. Like, he's not TJD coming into where he's got a wealth of experience. He's just a young kid that's doing it, playing like a guy that's in his fourth year in the NBA. So, I mean, you can argue about the upside stuff, but I think it's inarguable right now that he's a winning player, which is so – I just – it, ama- it amazes me. You know, it's interesting to me about pods, which is why Steve continues to play him more than anyone. He turns the ball. He's a better passer than Steph uh, and Draymond, or at least a more focused one. The dude throws, the dude has a three to one assist to turnover ratio, 14 assists, zero turnovers on Friday night. Last night he had five assists, zero turnovers. But the thing is, unlike Chris Paul, he pushes the pace without turning it over. So he can... You know, we're kind of always used to turnovers because the Warriors style of playing fast and moving the ball is always going to have some turnovers, right? Right. But he's able to play that style while keeping the turnovers reasonably under control. Um, I kind of threw it out there that, like, he's like Kerr's new Iguodala, like his safety blanket. Obviously, he can't defend like Iguodala, but it's like – Every lineup he's in just does better when he's on the floor because he sees what's going on. He makes quicker decisions yep. and he can hit enough shots. He's struggling a little with the shot, but he can hit he can hit an open jumper. It, you know, well, he's again. you'd imagine he's gonna be a way better shooter than Iguadala, right? Like yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um see, and it's just like one of those things where I'm just like, you know, he's he's a connector right now. But I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on the upside if that shot continues to come around. The games he's had big scoring games has always been kind of like he's starting to hit he's getting hot from the three-point line and it opens everything up and that's probably how it's going to always have to be for him because he doesn't have a elite first step. Like he's never going to he's never going to be a guy who can put pressure on the defense with athleticism the way that uh uh you know Kuminga can, but well, like when he's hit 
I mean, do you remember the Milwaukee game when he's hitting step backs on Giannis or like the Minnesota game where he's hitting some, he's doing that sort of stuff. He could put a lot of pressure on the defense and then use his floater and some of the other things. I wonder a couple of things. Offensively, I wonder, is he just going to be a, a guy that needs to get hot from three to be a good scorer? Or is, can he be, cause he's pretty crafty. Can he be like a Jalen Brunson, which Jalen Brunson now was amazing, but like, yeah. can he be like a Jalen Brunson facsimile where he's super smart, super shifty, um, I mean, you can even look at Trey Young last night, but he knows how to draw fouls, which which I hate. But like, you know how to draw fouls, you know how to maneuver with pick and rolls, but that would require the team to have to play pick and rolls offense. But he just kind of knows how to get to, to spaces on the court, even though he's tied one else. I wonder if Pods can get there. It feels like I ha- if I had to if I had to guess, I would say yes. I, it just feels sure. like he's so smart on the court, and he mm-hmm. he just tries to understand basketball uh, so much more than maybe. Jordan Poole, right? Maybe he just wants to learn the game a lot more than Jordan Poole, even though Jordan Poole, you can argue, might have more talent than him. He's way quicker, bigger, all that stuff. But but sometimes that doesn't matter as much. Maybe Pods can learn how to be a good mid-range guy, gets to a shot, get that crazy mid-range game that Brunson and Trey have, and uh, maybe he can be that type of player. I think that upside would be incredible. So the other piece, I think, which makes it difficult, I think, moving forward, the one that I do question more Mm-hmm. Is uh is defensively, what do you do with him? Because if you're closing with Stefan Pods, that makes it tough. But again, like we'll get there when we get there, I think is the is the thing that I would have to say. We'll get there when we get there because right now, um, lineups that have him on the court are winning. Um, if he's going if he's going to be good enough on offense, that's just gonna be a way, 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 way uh, that's just gonna be a very good basketball player is what I'm trying to say versus you worrying about those two guys playing together at some point, because right now the team isn't good enough for you to worry about that. <laughs> and he, and it's worth noting that they've played pretty good defense with him next to Steph. There are size limitations, but as a rookie, he's held up so much better than I ever expected him to on that end that I'm not willing to completely write it off that it can't work. Um, you mentioned Brunson I'm trying to find the clip right now. Did you know that's the player he always references that he watches I the most? Did like that's his favorite. That's like the player he's like, I try to take a lot from his game. We're both lefties. We're both like, I mean, it's it's clear to see why he sees that as attainable, more attainable than like, right. oh, I watch Russell Westbrook. It's like, well, what are you gonna take from Westbrook's game? You know, but like Brunson, not really an amazing athlete. Uh, similar size, pods a little taller, but probably not as strong. Actually, definitely not as strong at this stage. Uh, lefties really comfortable in traffic handling the ball. Yep. Um, you can see why that's kind of his long-term goal there. Uh, and to your point, Hell of a I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to end up being. If you had to ask me, I'm going to bet he probably won't be as good as this version of Jalen Brunson, because I didn't think, I don't think anyone saw Brunson being a guy who would average. What's he averaging now? Average. 27 points per game on like one of the best teams in the East. He's just a monster. But like, I do think he has upside to approach the level of player Brunson's been the last few years. So I don't know. He's interesting. I he's just probably more athletic than Brunson too. That's the crazy part. Like pods. Is yeah. Not as, str- not as strong, but the sure. thing about strength is easier to put on strength than it is to develop a first step. Like yeah. you either yeah. kind of have it or you don't, you can get a little better athletically, but you're, probably never going to be lightning. Um, But he can put on 10 pounds of muscle. You know, he can, he can start lifting weights with Steph, you know? So (laughs) these are all, these are all attainable goals. Um, I'm curious to see what, what do you think the upside is for pods and Kaminga like together? 
Pods and Kuminga uh, upside for them together is are talking this year or are you talking like five years down the road? Yeah, maybe, maybe five, whatever, Listen, whatever, you, yeah, whatever. Because they're, they're basically both 21. Again, pods will be at the end of this month. So let's say when they're 26, entering their prime, that yep, sort of thing. Because yep. they'll be here. They're not going anywhere. All-star. I think they can both legitimately be all-stars. Uh, it's hard. The comp I always go to for, uh, for Kuminga is Jalen Brown. But even that's not really good because he's much, he's much more of a shooter like in terms of he likes taking threes, but like getting downhill, there's some similarities. I think he's a very good, very good um, second score on a team, Kuminga at this yep. stage. Maybe he develops into a first one. For me, he needs to just, it's the it's the playmaking that needs to come around because if you're going to be the guy who has a ball in your hand all the time, you have to be able to make reads, be a guy who gets five, six, seven assists a game. Uh, and he's not quite there yet. Although we see signs, like he did have, He's he's increasingly having these like twenty five point four assist five assist nights where it's like hey he's, he's you know he's making that extra pass he's doing some stuff that way pods it's more likely pods is going to be just like an elite glue guy the way that like a Caruso is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't discount the possibility of his shot getting better to the point he can use it as a weapon and then he becomes like a fringe all star caliber guard you know. Yeah. I'm not going to predict he's going to be a superstar guard, but I do think just given how smart he is and how hard a worker he appears to be and like he has more skill than he gets credit for, just like natural touch and everything. Why can't why can't 37% on 3 as a rookie turn into 40% on volume Ooh. in year 5, you know? I I I would not discount that. I would not discount that. Comment those out uh, Nash and Amari which has me cackling, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that might be the way they play. Like he kind of passes it like Nash with his head up playing that like fast paced warrior yeah. basketball, but not throwing it over, throwing it out of bounds all the time. Right. He does. He <laughs> that's does. A big, that's a big Nash difference, right? Nash didn't throw it out of bounds five no. times a game. Like the Warriors. elite decision maker. I mean, Nash was yeah. kind of like, like, I, I, you know, I love Nash. I, I liked him mm-hmm. a lot more than Chris Paul, who I think were like similar ish type of kind of passing point guards. But mm-hmm. um, Nash was an elite scorer when he wanted to be. Um, we should have done this segment at the top man we should have done yeah. the, we should have done the pods Kaminga segment at the top because i think i think they dave they had a couple alley-oops at the down the stretch of that sixers game and memphis game and mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of has has you thinking about man if those guys are your guys maybe maybe they're, maybe they're not superstars coming off uh down this down the stretch of their careers or in the prime of the careers but if you can get those guys to have chemistry playing together you can still have some version of stuff that's still very very good then draymond and i mean clay and clay clay and wiggins are i don't know but I mean, you could start to dream a little bit. You could start to dream a little bit two years, three years from now. I mean, they re- re- require those two guys to be a lot a lot closer to their peak at 23, 24. Uh, uh, but, I mean, that's that's the dream. I mean, that's the two-timeline dream. I think it still doesn't match up end of the day. Like, those guys, those kids but need if to be you, But here's, here's my thought for you. If you really think that highly of them, trade some picks to help this team now. Because you know what? If those guys are as good as you think they are, and I do think they can be pretty special as a combination because their games fit. That's the other part that's kind of cool about it. Like Pods is always looking to make the extra pass and Kuminga is always looking to dunk on everyone. There's like a natural synergy there, right? Like the Nash Amari thing is, is, is hilarious, but like there is that kind of synergy. If you believe they're going to be that good, 
you shouldn't be so worried about your future picks. You know, you, you have, so yeah, worried. right. You have the guys now. So what are you, you going to do? You have 21 year olds right. and you have a 35 soon to be 36 year old. How about we get some guys who are 27? You know, like let's get some guys in here, 27, 28, still young enough to help the young guys in a few years, but also old enough to help the old guys. You know, let's get more guys. Let's get more guys in Andrew Wiggins and Looney's age range and less guys in pods age range or Steph's age range, quite frankly, with Chris yeah. Paul. Right. Yep. Like yep. just even out the roster a little bit, you know, give me some guys between 25 and 29 who can help. And I, and now you've bridged. The two timelines. I don't know where why we ended up so positive at the end here, but that's about, where about, I am. about an hour in. We've done it. Sorry, about a 40 minutes in, we've done it. I think that's what the people are looking for. We've mm-hmm. talked ourselves into a trade deadline that the Warriors, man, they 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 really need to figure out. I mean, it's a pretty large trade deadline because it's, <laughs> they can't they can't kind of can't just throw it away. I, I think Sam, like they can't you can't just go and say, All right, we'll punt this to next season because I don't know, man. I, I watched Steph drop 60 last night, and I would rather watch uh, watch this team lose in the first round than just them just not make the postseason and punt. And I, I just just can we just get them to the playoffs so I can just watch them play playoff series? I, I don't can even you care. Just, can you just bet on your team a little bit? <laughs> that, right. That's like really what it comes down to. We've right. made a lot of Giants analogies today. Uh, I, I guess spring training is right around the corner, and oh I think God. we're both going to lose our bet. If we'll be honest with you, so oh um, um, the only person who wins is Tatian, right? So, yeah, that's true. Um, I think we're both losing the bet, and um, there's just a lot of similarity in like them not wanting to make a mistake, so they just sit in no man's land for eternity. You know. And that's annoying. It's like, it, I can completely understand, like, we're talking Atlanta. You trade picks for DeJounte and Capella, and if you screw up, you're screwed. Well, you're kind of screwed as you are right now, too, you know? So it's like, it, it's the constant, like, well, we don't like anyone, but next next offseason, we're going to get someone. And each offseason or each trade deadline, you're less attractive. You're less you, – you think you're having a hard time finding guys when Steph's 35? Good luck finding him when he's 39 years old with as many grays in his beard as me and Draymond. You know, yeah, yep. like it's you're, just you're not, not going to be. It's just not going to be a good sell. You know, if you're not LA, New York, or Miami, right? Like, what what are you really selling? What are you truly selling outside of the fact that your team is a winning team? And even then. Well, I think San Francisco. You could you could DC. sell it being a winning team, but <laughs> yeah, we'll get you we'll get you early in on some some companies. Yeah, we'll get, you, we'll get you in the seed. We'll get you in the seed round. You're gonna be rich. <laughs> exactly. I mean that. That's it. And and yeah, players. I mean, jokingly, but some players care. Most players don't. Hey, but Andre, like, Andre did. Andre does. Andre does. Yeah. Baron Davis. All these guys. Some some guys do. I think it's more. I think it's more component of those guys care because they've been here versus a they want to be here and do that. I, I think it's, it's more. It's more not that. L.A. It's not Miami. You're correct. Those um, are very easy. If I was places. a. Uh, if I was a 25-year-old multi-million dollar NBA player, the Bay would be below my list compared to those cities too. Which is every place almost in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> especially in the US. So it's like so it's like they they can't, you know, just because your franchise is worth that much doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get guys. And and it's the NBA, like it's not like baseball. Baseball you've got like big time free agents cuz there's so many players every offseason. Get in basketball how often are players even free agents? And it just it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. That KD stuff is once in a lifetime and yeah. they obviously they hit on that. They hit on that because of Steph. So I okay, we're back. We need back. the need the need a 
a once in a lifetime cap spike because of the media climate um, overvaluing live rights while you just perfectly have a superstar player on the cheapest contract in the league and everything aligns perfectly. Those odds don't happen. Like there's just a lot of factors that went into that. That first part might happen. Uh, Maybe not. That second part definitely isn't happening anymore. Um, So they got to decide. You get, you get a guy on a, on a cheap deal because he's injury concerned and then he turns into one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. That's usually not how it goes. Um, We could probably end it here. Guys, we're going to have a big week for you. I want to call this out before we move forward. We got our guy Jake Fisher coming on tomorrow night to discuss the trade deadline and hopefully in the next 24 hours, odds will be better on that front. We'll also be here after games and there will be a big trade deadline show the day of. The Warriors play the Pacers Thursday at 4 p.m. our time. We'll go live afterwards. Hopefully it'll be after a Warrior win and a warrior trade and we could just revel in it more likely than not pascal siakam's gonna drop 40 on them and the warriors won't make a move and andy and i are gonna do that fake smile while we want to anyway um all right love you guys later